one more, one more left. These guys are sitting on the platform, way up here. How many of you realize that it's youth revival tonight? Hallelujah. Now what I'm doing here, I'll guarantee you that it's not going to hinder the Spirit of God. Guarantee it won't. Somebody's going to still receive something more from the power of God. Somebody's still going to receive something more from his presence. Now, if you young ladies could go ahead and grab that for me real fast. It's very important. While they're doing that, I just want to take care of a couple preliminaries real fast. I want to give honor to my wife. And a man that doesn't give honor to his wife is completely nuts and has lost it. Because she is not my better half. She's about my better three quarters. Seriously. She, uh, amen. Without her, I would be nothing. I've got a good wife. I believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one wife. I'm oneness. I am definitely oneness. I've got one daughter and one son. Praise God. I guess that equals two kids. But that's okay. This morning, Brother Sebastian, okay, go ahead and take that down there. I like it down there better. This morning, Brother Sebastian uh, said some things. For those of you that wasn't here, I just feel like I really need to clarify a few things and take care of some business real quick. And this will not hinder the move of God, trust me. This is a youth revival. Okay? That he talked about how the young people were going to be taking care of the morning service and preaching, and the older people were going to be preaching tonight. Telling you, unless the Lord would have come back tonight, nothing was going to keep me from doing what I'm getting ready to do. I wouldn't have cared if everybody was laid out in the spirit. I'd have still done what I'm going to do because I feel it's appropriate. So, you remember, those of you that were here, you young people, remember the ugly face he had you make? Keep that in mind for just a minute. How many of you appreciate your youth pastor? <laughs> Praise God. He's, him and his wife are doing a good job. Every youth pastor this church has ever had has loved the young people, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. That's what it's all about, loving the young people, getting in trouble a little bit with the young people, taking them to McCormick Street State Park and going up in the water tower. I didn't say fire. Yeah, I said the water tower. <laughs> for those of you parents that didn't know that, I took your some of your kids there. It was really fun. <laughs> James was one of them. Remember that, James? Praise God, but... I do appreciate him, but while he's coming up, I felt appropriate because he also made a statement. See, I listen real close. I might be getting older, but I still listen. My hearing's not gone. But he said something about, no, no, I've got the microphone now. <laughs> you zip a lip. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You zip a lip. I got the microphone. But he said he loved getting gifts. So I got him one. Yeah. 
Now, while he's coming up, all of you young people make that ugly face so you'll look more like him as he's coming. <laughs> Brother, come on up. This won't take just a couple minutes, and we'll be done with this part of it. I went and I got you something. Go ahead and open it. you got to clean up the mess. You on the front row might want to... Praise God. How many of you love Jesus? How many young people are on fire for God? See, only you can determine that. Only you can determine that. Praise God. Go ahead and dig down in there and get the gifts out, brother. Where's the cameras at when we need them? What do we got there? I got him a binky. I want you to open them up, though, brother. No, there's something else in there. I want you to, they, they need pictures, brother. It's important. Okay, so go ahead and turn around so everybody can see what we got you. Praise God. The younger generation. And we got him some pacifiers. Now, where's Jake Rubel at? Because I got him two of them. And he can share one with Jake Rubel. Praise God. Oh, come on. Some of you that don't have a smile on your face, is there something that wrong that you can't just smile a little bit? Praise God. This is youth service. Lighten up. Now, see this $10? That's, there's 10 bucks there, two fives. See these giants up here? This right up here represents Canaan land or promised land. Now, so that we don't spoil the fun. <laughs> the young people, I think you know who you are. If you don't classify as a young person, please don't go up there and try to get past the giants because I'm telling you the giants that were in Canaan were big and they were bad and they wasn't to be messed with okay I want you to remember that while I'm preaching for just a little bit I won't take very long tonight but I do want to preach to you for just a little bit numbers 13 verses 1 and 2 if you have your Bibles Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, even if you don't have your Bibles. I know my wife gets aggravated at me when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I am preaching to the young people tonight. And if you're an adult and you're in this place, I think you can also get something. But I am focusing on the younger generation tonight for a reason. Praise God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men 
they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Say, I give to the children of Israel. So the Lord gave it to him. Skipping to verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. Everyone say, Go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Chapter 14. Verse number six, the Bible says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of, however you spell that name, I have no clue, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we possess, or land which we pass through to search it, is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey or a land which floweth with ten dollars. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. Don't say, don't fear those guys up there. For they are bread for us. <laughs> their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us fear them not but all the congregation bade stone them with stones praise God you can go ahead and be seated I want to preach to the young people for just a little bit and I am going to make this fairly quick tonight for no other reason than we have been here for a while and I believe that the Lord is not done but I want to preach to you a message entitled could be now or never could be now or never let's pray for just a minute Somebody praise the Lord for just a minute. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I exalt you. I magnify you. Hallelujah. There's no one that's like him. The Bible says in Romans 8, 35 through 39, some of you young people are looking up here and you want that $10 so bad that you can't hardly stand it. Some of you adults are wanting that $10 so bad you can't hardly stand it. I think the giants are thinking about turning around and devouring that $10. I, I prayed for a, an illustration tonight, something to catch your attention, something that could paint a picture of what the people, the children of Israel were feeling 
in that day. They felt like that there was something that had separated them from the love of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 35 through 39, and I won't read all of it. I'm going to skip around. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. But everybody hears the giants roar. But there again, the Bible does say something about nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In the scripture that I just read out of Romans, Paul asked a very interesting question. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, I find it interesting that Paul didn't even mention any names. Paul didn't go through and say, shall the Pharisees or Pilate or Herod or the Sanhedrin or what about the teachers at your school or what about the young people that don't agree with the way that you live? What about those people that make fun of you because of the way that you live for God? What about those young people that don't like you for what you believe and what for, for what you stand in? What about those? You think maybe they could separate you from the love of God? The Apostle Paul didn't count anybody worthy to even mention. Why? Because there is absolutely nobody on the face of this planet. The devil himself cannot separate us from the love of God. I'm telling you, I don't care who the person is. They cannot. Nobody. Nobody. I said nobody can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. But instead he talks about things that would be considered physical or tangible or just considered things. And what did it say? It even said that neither death nor life, height nor depth, things present, things to come, no creature... In other words, nothing, absolutely nothing. First of all, let's talk about the who. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? He didn't even mention a name. The devil himself wasn't even worthy enough for Paul to mention. Let's, give, let's quit giving the devil credit, young people. I'm telling you that the devil can't separate you from the love of God. There is nothing in this world. There is no circumstances. There is no obstacle that can come in your way that can separate you from the love of God. But there's somebody in this place. There's a young person right now that needs to understand it could be now or never. What are you saying? 
You've only got a certain amount of time to make up your mind if you're going to go to Canaan. You've only got a certain amount of time to make up your mind that you're going to make it to the promised land. Brother, you ain't considered young. Get back over here. Guys, hey, devour him by my word. I just saved his life. What's the matter, young people? Are you afraid? Here's what happened. Moses sent some spies into the promised land. It was the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He sent spies to go into that land. What did they do? They were gone for 40 days, if you study it. And I believe when Moses, when, when, when those 12 men got back, Moses probably was standing there kind of looking like Brother Robertson would. Good grief, man. What did you do, take a vacation while he was over there? Why would it take you 40 days to go over and check out the land and then come back and tell us it can't be taken? Because that's exactly what happened. The Bible says that they had grapes that it took, it said by two, they put them on a, on a staff or, or whatever, a pole. Owen County, they put it on a pole. And it took one man on one side and one man on the other, and they carried a cluster of grapes. They, they couldn't put them in a Walmart bag. They, they had to carry them with a staff. They were so heavy. And, and they brought back some of the things from the Canaan land. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. They brought back some things from Canaan land and was kind of rubbing it in the people's face. Oh, look what they got over there. Look, look, dead. Check this out. Look at these grapes. Look at this money. Not quick enough. Look at all the lush that's in Canaan land. That's what they were saying. just rubbing it in their face. Children of Israel stood at Kadesh Barnera. As they came to the point, they came to the point that called for a decision. When they come to that point in their life, they wavered. The question at hand was, possess the land or wander in the wilderness? Their circumstances caused them to make the wrong decision. Walled cities, and even worse than that, giants, gave God's people the grasshopper complex. Young people, no offense, but you're a bunch of wimps. I'm sorry, no I'm not. But you're a bunch of wimps. Why are you going to let those guys... Guys ain't nothing. Look how big they are, though. Yeah, maybe we should think about that. Yeah, they are probably bigger than any of you. You probably ought to just stay where you're at. 
don't go up and get that $10. But I'll tell you what's going to happen. When I'm done preaching, I'm going to walk up there. And I'm going to get that $10. Yeah. <laughs> I'll flatten your tires if you mess with my $10. The children of God felt small, insignificant, powerless, inferior, and frustrated. Why? Because they looked at God in light of their circumstances instead of their possibilities. Did you hear what I just said? They looked at God in light of their circumstances instead of the possibilities. You know what an impossibility is to God, young person? Man, you guys better quit messing around over there. Do you know what a possible? <laughs> Praise God. Come on. I think you better be careful. Hey, what are you doing? Young person, do you know what an impossibility is to God? It's just another opportunity to show himself. It's just another opportunity to prove himself real in your life. Come on. If you've got a circumstance in your life, if you've got an impossibility, it's just another opportunity. Why? Because God said, I'm going to give it to you. I don't care how big the giants are. But they were more influenced by the size of the men rather than the size of their God. The Jordan River wasn't the great barrier that kept them from Canaan. Come on, young person, hear me tonight. I said the Jordan River wasn't the great barrier that kept them from the promised land. The hindrances that shattered their hopes and dreams were beyond the Jordan River. It was not today's difficulty that influenced their wrong decision, but it was tomorrow's anticipated problems that brought about their defeat. The reason that the rest of you that wanted that $10 sat back for so long is because you were afraid of the consequences of facing your giant. And in some ways, I can't say I blame you. Why? Because we all go through it. We all face giants. It's coming to a time, though, it could be now or never. We're winding down into a time that it could be now or never. And guess what? Some of you faced the never. Who got my $10? Who in the world was that? Praise God. Congratulations. Uh, you were supposed to wait a little bit longer to do that. But you know what? I didn't have this plan, so it worked out perfectly, didn't it?
that it was not today's difficulty that influenced the wrong decision, but it was tomorrow's anticipated problems that brought about their defeat. They anticipated Brother Fox grabbing them by the throat, Brother Davis hitting them in the ribs, and Brother Manley throat punching them. No offense to you boys, but a little girl went up there and got it. I'll preach to the adults. No offense to you that still want to suck on your pacifier, but hey. You know what? I'm not going to apologize for what I say because I don't care if I offend somebody tonight. If you don't have something from God, it's because you need to grow up and reach out and grab it. I'm telling you, because the God that I serve is a God that moves obstacles out of the way. The God that I serve is a God that moves obstacles out of the way. Did you see how these guys just kind of, they didn't even do nothing when they came up. Yeah, they yelled, sounded big, sounded bad. They were little girls. The negative influence of ten spies kept God's children from experiencing God's best for their lives. Did you hear that? The negative influence of ten people. Kept an entire multitude from crossing over. Kept them from experiencing God's best for their lives. Ten men that said it can't be done. It's just look. Ten men that said the walls are too high. Ten men that said the giants are too big. Ten men that said the obstacles are way too hard to overcome. Ten men that said we are just being realistic. Man, we know the facts. Look at those guys. Sorry, buddy. You can come on up to the promised land, though. Let them come up. Come on up to the promised land where the milk and honey flow. Is that even a song? I just come up. I just made one up. I'm gonna make the words to it. And I <laughs> ten men kept multitudes of people from finding God's perfect will for their lives. Have I preached too long yet? Somebody said yes. Okay. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> What was it that stood between God's children and the promised land? I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't the Hittites. It wasn't the Amalekites. It wasn't the Jebusites. It wasn't Pharaoh's hard heart. It wasn't the Red Sea. It wasn't the Jordan River. It wasn't the walls of Jericho. And it wasn't the giants. It was the influence of ten men that said it can't be done. Out of the 12 spies, though, brought back a report. Two of those spies 
were men that said it can be done. I want you to hear the report of a little girl. Wave that $10 real quick, sister. Oh, you don't have to take it out of your purse. Just take your purse up. There you go. Wave it up there. Look at that. They shared. That's awesome. Hey. And that's neat how that worked, too. I wasn't planning that. Two of them have a $5 bill each. There were two young men that said it can be done. Joshua and Caleb said, come on, we can possess the land that God has for us. The, the scripture where it talks about Caleb, it's almost like Caleb was saying, come on, it's, it's, it's now or never, guys. You don't understand. I know what the other ten are saying. I know that they're giving a bad report. But you've got to believe me. You've got to trust me. If we go now, we can possess the land. But if we sit back and we wait for it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a 40-year wilderness journey. We're going to be waiting for another 40 years. And because of the result of the people being influenced, guess what happened in that day? That's exactly what happened. They had to wonder for 40 years. They went another 40 years not possessing the land. You know what the Bible says, Johnny? It says a lot of stuff. <laughs> It says that anyone that was 20 years old and over at that particular time didn't go to the promised land. I'm asking the young people of McCormick Street Church, are you going to wait for the generations before you to see great things? Oh, man. Are you going to wait for the generation that is over you right now, the leadership that's over you right now, are you going to wait for them before you see revival in your schools? I'm not slamming the ministry. I'm, I'm just preaching the truth. I have heard for 22 years. Brother Fox, I've heard men say, I've never heard anybody in our church, I've never heard my pastor say this, but I have heard preachers in the United Pentecostal Church make this statement. You can never have a better relationship with God than the one that your pastor has. Have you ever heard people say that? You can never go higher in your relationship with God than that of your pastors. I disagree with that. Now, I'm careful. I'm not talking about authority, guys. You can never go higher than the authority that is put over you and still be in the will of God. But it doesn't matter how close to God you become. God's not going to say, no, wait, your pastor's not quite this close to me. Stay back. I'm asking a generation of young people right now, who's going to be the one that's going to take the stand in your generation? That Bible study contest that we're having. I hope and pray to God that the young people win. I do. That's how much I love our young people. I hope they beat the 
I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use old people language here. Elderly. The golden oldies. The wise. But I hope you beat the socks off of them. Uh, sorry. But I'm going to tell you what's not going to happen. I'm not going to give it to you. I said, you're not going to, I'm not going to hand feed you. I'm not going to spoon feed you and say, oh, come on, I'll, I'll teach a Bible study for you. If you don't want to teach a Bible study, then I'll teach one and then let you put your name down, okay? I'm not going to do it. It's time for this generation of young people to rise up and say, you know what? We can beat these adults. I'm not talking about getting a bad attitude and saying that you can have a greater relationship than your pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying this. I don't think that your pastor would be upset if he ever thought that you had a greater relationship with God than he had. I think it would thrill him to know that you was that close to God, that you actually heard the heartbeat of God. I wonder what would have happened in that day if some more young people would have stood up with Caleb and would have stood up with Joshua and proclaimed God's promises. I wonder what would have happened if more young people would have stood up and said, we can take that land. I think it would have changed the very course of history. Caleb and Joshua were the only two men that were over the age of 20 that God didn't let die off. You know why? So... Hold on to your seatbelts, young people. The adults still have a chance, too. Because they were the only ones that still wanted to follow after the will of God. But everybody else, everybody that said it can't be done, died off and never seen the promised land. Praise God. Am I talking to a group of young people tonight that are going to make up their mind right now. Right now. Right now. I've told this story once before as I close. Brothers, if you don't mind staying there for just a little bit longer, you look good. You look awesome. Especially Brother Fox. That shirt that that brother has got on is the bomb. <laughs> it is, seriously. I'm not, I'm not joking. That's lavender. Almost, almost pink. I wore one that was almost pink this morning. I said almost. Almost is never enough, remember? <laughs> I told this story a long time ago. I'm going to tell it again tonight. If you ever... If you ever want to go to the top of the mountain, who do you ask how to get there? You ask somebody that's already been there. You ask the mountain man. 
actually preached that message back in 
I will lift you up and magnify 